Hello, everyone, and welcome to 50 Now What? I'm your host, Alicia Sutton, and today's episode is all about financial wellness. Did you know that your relationship with money can have profound effects on your health, happiness, and well-being? And as we move through different chapters of our own lives, so too should the way we manage money. Here to help us discuss investments, expenses, and priceless lessons about money is my friend Terry Jones, financial advisor and licensed insurance agent. Thank you for being here, Terry. How are you? Uh, I am marvelous in this rainy California weather we're having. It is rainy. Well, you look beautiful. You look aglow. You're the sunshine for us today. Thank you very much. Good to be here. Good to have you with us. Well, we're going to start. We got some, we got a lot to cover. And before I jump into our investing 101, I want to talk about, and I know we've talked about this before, but what did you learn about money and finance as a young person, be it in school, at home, and amongst peers? And how did that impact your financial perspective and habits in the long term? Well, to be perfectly honest with you, going through school and even through college and grad school, I didn't learn anything about money. Ah. We all took a crash course and, you know, put into your 401k, work 30 years, work 40 years, and you should be fine. Mm-hmm. Well, in this day and age, that's not necessarily the correct answer, and it didn't pan out. I didn't see myself being laid off three times, having to pull money out mm-hmm. of 401ks and having to start over and over and over. So mm-hmm. that obviously pushed me back far as the trajectory of me retiring. So now mm-hmm. you have to work longer or you have to save up more money. And when you don't learn the money lessons early, you're going to learn them on the back end or you're going to have a problem when it is time to retire. That is Absolutely true. And that is one of the things that that you don't learn, that life is always happening and your money may or may not reflect everything that life is putting out there upon you. And was it all of those things, a culmination that had you to pivot more into uh, looking more into your financial wealth or well-being? Yeah. One of of the things, just perfectly honest with being transparent, when I looked at the money that I did not have, And just Mm. looking at my expenses and kind of looking at, okay, how many more years do I have to work? How much money will I accumulate or be able to draw for, you know, my retirement to basically be comfortable, make sure all the bills are paid and still have some fun while I'm retired? Because we work so hard for our money and we want our money to work for us and we want to have fun while we're doing it. I agree with that 155%. Exactly. Absolutely. And I don't like to play the woulda, coulda, shoulda, but if we look back over a period of time and for people, for the audience who will be listening to us, who may or may not be where we are in our lives, in our season, where would you start at in your 20s and 30s and 40s in terms of looking at how you're going to start setting up your money? If you had to do it over again, not that we're regretful of the lessons we've learned. Exactly. What would you what would you say? Because I can always help somebody else. Okay, in the 20s, you're out of college and you are navigating and now you have money that you're getting consistently paid very nicely. One thing I would do, I would be consistent in investing. Yes. I wouldn't touch the money for things that are not important. You don't take money out 
of a 401k because you want to go on vacation and you want to mm-hmm. do these things because <laughs> that vacation is just burning at 20 and, you know, I'll never get there anymore. So let me take out $5,000 and don't pay it back and get the penalties and the taxes and all those things. So if I were to be able to speak to myself again at 20, start investing, do not take money out and then educate myself and don't expect someone to educate me. Read books, search for what else is out there besides a 401k and a IRA. Is there something else out there that I don't know about? Mm -hmm. And that's what I would say about my 20s and my 30s, because you still have, you know, a sweet bit of time when you're in your 20s and your 30s to save up because average person is saving up probably anywhere 25 years of retirement money, maybe 30. Some people are even doing, you know, 40 if they have been fortunate enough to stay on a job or unfortunate enough, that depends on how you look at it, to be somewhere 40 years where you can stay at that one place and just be consistently putting away. And then when you have bonuses or you have your merit increased, you still live the same lifestyle Mm -hmm. instead of like, oh, I got like 10%, I got 5%. So now I'm going to live up to that 5 or 10% because I have that extra. No, continue to put that away, put that extra away into your retirement. I love that. And I I think the key word is always going to be consistency because, you know, life happens, but you need to be able to find some type of consistency in your financial world because it comes. Oh, it comes. Life comes whether you want it or not. Right. As part of, um, as we move forward, we do take more risks when we're younger. Yes. Uh, What would you advise about risk factor and recovery over a period of time? Because you have that time when you're, say, like in your 20s and 30s and say you project yourself to work to 55, 60 or just let's just round it off. I'm going to work 30 years and but I'm going to take risks probably in the first 10 to 15 years. Um, Mm. So I think you have the opportunity to take the high risks in your 20s and your 30s. But then when you start getting into your 40s, you might start looking at dialing it down because now I don't want to lose large amount of money in my 40s. And then it's going to take me a span of what, maybe eight or 10 years to get back to where I was before I can move forward. So those things are very important is When do you stop being so aggressive and start dialing it down when you get older and start going into like, like maybe low to moderate risk or just moderate risk where you could ride that out until you retire? And what what do you consider to be higher risk investments versus mid-range to low risk investments? A lot of stocks, you know, anything that's in the market. Because, you know, the market is bearable, which we call it. It's unpredictable and it's unreliable. You know, it goes up 30, it goes down 30, you know, Mm -hmm. and at the end of the year, when you really add it up, because people get really excited, like, oh, I've gained 30 percent, you know, and it may ride out for a few months. And then the last two months or three months of the year, they've lost all of their gain. So the average with a 401k basically is 5% growth when you look at it over a course of 100 years. It's literally Uh, about 5%. That is such good information (laughs) to know that. If you're younger listening to this, just listen to it (laughs) and act on it. It is for your advantage. Trust trust us. (laughs) Trust us. We are examples and we know. 
Now, talking about some of other investments, because like you said, we're, we're living life, right? Yes. And you have children and you have homes and you have things that happen. And I know that we've talked about this before is the investing in your children. And we love our children. We love our yes. nieces, our nephews, yes. you know, our guy children, all of them. All of them. But where do you find the boundaries to be when you are, because we spend most of our, and like most women, let's just face it, we spend most of our time taking care of others. Most definitely. But there needs to be boundaries. And I've known some people who have taken out of their 401ks and, you know, taken money out on their homes to finance their children. What are your thoughts? Really want, don't want to step on too many toes, but this is a cautionary tale for anyone. When you're looking at your financial picture and you're looking to get your child through college and you want to be proud of them and you don't want them to be strapped or straddled with, you know, so much debt, the numbers don't lie. Yeah. You really need to sit down and have that conversation with your child that's going to college. And, you know, this may not be the most pleasant conversation, but here's the reality. Are you planning on just pulling money out of your house? And I've known people that have taken a lot of equity out of their home. I know mm -hmm. people that have taken hundreds of thousands of dollars out of their 401k, which mm -hmm. in the long run is going to set you back, especially if you need that money. Now, if you're fortunate enough to not need that money, then, you know, hooray for you. But most people would need that money. I think you need to do what's comfortable for you, number one. I think you also need to really be soberly thinking about what is the impact to me? What is it going to have? What is the bottom line for myself when I'm ready to retire? Am I going to have to work additional years because I gave to Jim for school? you know, or Sharon for school or Mark or Matthew for school, any of those things, you know, you have to look at the bigger picture. Yeah. You know, there's no shame in saying I can't do it or no. Yeah. You know, you need to be able to embrace no and not be guilty about it. Right. Because a lot of times schools or universities are so expensive. And to be perfectly honest, a lot of times your child can go to say a junior college for two years and get all of the prerequisites that they make them take before they even get into their degree that they're focusing on. And then there's like maybe two years of a high price university opposed to four or five. Right. Right, exactly. And and you know what, too, and a lot of the conversation about finances with your children may need to be in the learning for those children. Like I think as we know information, we really need to sit down with our children. Don't wait for them to go off to college. These conversations yes. and these teachings need to be when they can comprehend. You know, we learned at an early age that we all wanted to work because the first thing on our mind, Alicia, you know, is like we got to have that car. So and we want to do it on our own. I did. Yeah. I did. And I and and, and throwing a little my uh, little transparency when I when I was younger, I had a lot of things that I wanted to. Mm -hmm. And I got to the point where I got tired. Of, you know how you get tired of mama and daddy buying your clothes because I just didn't like what they was going to get. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> so if you want if you want those pants that I'm going to age myself, if you want those, those uh, Jordache jeans, you want those, you, look, those, those guest jeans, those window panes, <laughs> those then, window <laughs> <laughs> then what you need to do is go get you a job. Get and, you a job. Or, and if you want more than the 
maybe the three pair of pants I can afford to buy you. You want five pair, you want 10 pair, then you need to go get a job. And guess what? I didn't like that answer, so I went and got a job. Uh, that's exactly what I did when I started wanting shoes that cost too much. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> you, want, you know, those those expensive sneakers and stuff. Yeah, I, I went and got a summer job and bought my school clothes. I absolutely love that. And everyone can everyone can relate to that. Now, let's talk a little bit about how money works, the myths about money and how it's taxed and debt and all of those things. Let's let's exactly. dig into that. So money works three ways. You know, it money compounds, it grows, it gets taxed. You'll get taxed now or later, and that's your mm-hmm. 401k. But here's yeah. the thing about money. Money can be your friend. You could take control of it and demand it where to go and make it work for you. Because one thing you want to do that I heard Warren Buffett said, he said, you need to make your money work for you while you're sleeping. Yeah. Just like the banks. They do compound interest when they loan out or they give you credit cards. Here comes your credit card. You spend something. Now you have to pay it. But guess what? They've tacked on a 23% interest rate when you have money that you leave in the bank and they're giving you 0.01% on your savings. Mm -hmm. See, the people that win are the people that know how money works and how it's compound and how it's taxed. And if you could ever get on the end to make sure that your money works and compounds for you and you put it in vehicles that compound with no taxation, that's how you win. And I definitely tell people, if you're not a reader, learn to be a reader. There's so many good books out there. And I know everybody heard about Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Kawasaki. And you have, what would the Rockefellers do? The Power of Zero, Money, Wealth, and Life Insurance. And The Retired mm. Miracle. Those are small, quick read books that you can get from Amazon. And I have them on my bookshelf. I read them all. This is information that you do not and you will not get in school. And I don't care how much you pay for college. I know that's right. I mean, college is there to teach you, you know, you, you learn all the numbers. You can learn you about learn the, the numbers. numbers. But the real life application of money is something altogether different. Exactly. And that's not going to come in your, it's not going to come in your it degree. Did not, it definitely did not come in my MBA. So right. I was like, I paid for MBA to learn exactly what. And what I really need is this, which, which did not cost a degree. See, we, that's why we're here to tell the truth. 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 And some of the other things too, like is knowing what to set aside for for life happening. We talk about life is going to happen. The importance of that emergency fund. What's been your experience with that? Just talking to a girlfriend and a business partner the other day. And, you know, what we learned, obviously, all of us learned from the pandemic. You know, it's always been the standard to put three to six months of uh, emergency fund living expenses away. I would urge people even to go beyond that. If you can look at and set a goal for six to nine months, if Mm -hmm. not even more. Because what happens is when people get sick, things happen, your money or your 401k, your anything that you have saved up for retirement immediately gets tapped and eroded. And if you cannot go back to work, then that's the money that you're living off of that you didn't plan earlier than later. So emergency fund is very important. Add up your bills, know what's going out monthly and put a little extra on top of it and then make sure you have enough for at least six months so you can be prepared. 
you know, the roof is leaking. It's 30 grand. It's 10 grand to fix it. Well, I have that money right there. I don't have to pull out of my 401k to either borrow it, take a loan on it, or just take it out because I'm not going to pay it back. And speaking of emergency funds, I, I, the, the gratitude I have for having had someone tell me that some years ago, I had in the middle of all this rain, my hot water heater broke, was yeah. spewing out. It was horrible on, you know, Super Bowl Sunday. So I was at the house <laughs> with, with somebody changing out my hot water heater. Hot water heater. It was like, wow. But I was like, okay, I got it. You know, it wasn't like, do I need to, do I need to start boiling water for a few weeks? Or, <laughs> exactly. Or did, <laughs> let's see, let me check all my accounts. Let's see if I have this. Let me this. see what, what exactly. we're going to do. This is the things that you have to be mindful. You know, things break down. They wear yeah. over time. Um, right now, I got a service person coming tomorrow because the uh, refrigerator freezer decide I don't want to make my ice anymore and I don't want to freeze your food anymore. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. But I, I have my other refrigerator freezer that I was just in the garage that I was thinking in my mind, I see, you know, I could probably get rid of this. No. And that, that one is 21 years old, gives me no problem. Still going. I, I have the bells and whistles in the house that's not even five years old. So they're coming out to see what's going on with that. But the unexpected, you need to make sure you expect that you have the money for it. Exactly. And you know what? I I missed, <laughs> I hate I threw out an old refrigerator that was in our garage for years. We mm-hmm. used to call it the deep freezer. The deep yep. freezer, that's where oh, yeah. the, the, the real food used to go. Oh, and yeah, the real of course, food. That's where the real food used to go. And the pandemic come around, and I, I missed that deep freezer. I said, all the stuff I would have had packed up in this deep freezer. But anyway, that's a lesson learned. That's some old school <laughs> stuff, too. We're going to yeah, put that out there, too. Exactly. We're going to put that in the universe. <laughs> look, look, just because it's old, it still works. Keep it. it. And works. like I said, just the other day, I was thinking like, you know, I need to make more room in my garage. I need to finally probably get rid of this freezer. It came in handy. So I just moved all my stuff that was in the freezer. I put it in the freezer side. And then also when the great nieces and nephews come, you know, yep. I I got to stock up and do major shopping. So it takes two refrigerator and it freezer for those three little people that... <laughs> Snack and eat all day long. All day long. All day, <laughs> all day long. long. The, the stove is on all, all day, day long. It's like, can I have a snack? <laughs> I'm thirsty. Can I have some juice? When is lunch? When is dinner? Oh, oh what's no. for dessert? <laughs> what's for dessert? <laughs> go, go check it. Go take it out the freezer. Exactly. Go, go to the freezer. Go to. The, I absolutely. Love, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. Well, talk. Speaking of which, emergency funds budgeting. And I have a problem with this. And I think everyone does because like you always want to have some leeway. At the end of the day, it's still your money. Exactly. And you're like, oh, you know, how how much do I want to confine myself to a budget? And maybe I'm looking at it the wrong way. Maybe it's just a matter of training myself and bettering how to lower expenses. What has been your experience with that in terms of working within a budget? I like to call it a trap, but I'm going to step away from that. It, it actually is useful. It is very useful. And for many years, I didn't bother with a uh, budget because I thought in my little mind, I, I can budget in my head and I can, you know, and then I'll have this much money left over and I could just do what I want with it. Mm-hmm. So, I had to kind of change my mindset about that. 
Then I have to, you know, and a lot of us are paying bills, you know, online. We don't write out checks anymore. We don't balance a a checkbook. But me, I may be a little excessive, but you know what? I look at my account every single day Mm -hmm. and start looking at, okay, what's cleared, what hasn't cleared and recalculating all the time so I don't fall short, you know. And of course I have, you know, falling short. It's like, oh my God, where's... Where's all my yeah. money? Then I think like, God, I forgot about that one. And I got to yeah. forgot about that one. So one thing is to help you make sure you don't overdraw your account. Number one, number, number two, one. you know, banks make mistakes. It's to make sure that, cause I, you know, I've gone into my account and I'm like, where is my money? And yeah. having to call the bank and say, Hey, you know, there's a uh, quite a few uh, dollars missing, you know, and somebody had, you know, stole money out of my account. That's why mm. I, I'll, you know, I always check it. And I think we all have been a victim of that kind of fraudulent activity. We have. But don't throw caution to the wind and not check your account. That's one exactly. thing you need to do. But, you know, Alicia, to have a budget, you know, you don't have to be, you know, you don't have to pull out this big old spreadsheet and just, you know, <laughs> take it all the way down to the penny and things like that. Give you, give yourself some grace and some lead way and mm. hey, put it in a budget. So then you don't feel deprived. You don't feel like you're putting yourself on punishment or saying, right. okay, to I, until I get here, then I can't do this. And at the end of the day, I don't think the budget is meant to be a taskmaster. For you is just to give you a roadmap about here where is where I am every month, every day, every hour that I'm spending. And also look at what you're actually spending. So when I look at my account, I look and say, okay, you didn't have to spend that. You didn't have to spend that. You didn't have to spend that. And when you start thinking about you really didn't have to spend that, sometimes that adds up to four or $500 very quickly that you could have had. Yeah, that's exactly it. And I know um, and you're better than I am to be able to check it every day. But I do. I did. One thing I did do is I put notifications on my account. You know, you have all these things where you can kind of go in and do that. And when I start hearing my cell phone go bing, you know, something from the bank is coming through bing. And I keep I was like, what is going on? Bing. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. And it's everything. It's Zoom. It's uh-huh. it's something from a PayPal. It's something from a streaming service. And you look up and I'm like, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, I have all these streaming services and I watched maybe one show on each of them. And so it was like, okay, some of this can go. You don't even watch this except exactly. for once. Exactly. That's the other thing you got to look at. I look yeah. at my, there's Netflix, there's Amazon, there's Spotify, there's Zoom, Hulu. you know, yeah. like Zoom I need, you know, because I do yeah. meetings on Tuesday and all through the week when I sit down with clients. So certain things you need, but then you have to kind of look at, what don't you need? You know, like I don't have two phones in a house. I just work with my cell phone and then I'm on a professional plan where I'm a first responder. So I get a discount there and then start looking at where you can count and cut costs. I put, you know, I put solar panels on the house and now the last bill I got was minus $135 for my electric bill. And so you have to kind of think of because those sort of things are going to go up every year. And that is what is eroding and eating away the senior citizens nest egg is the gas bill, the electrical, the water bill. 
the gasoline to put in your car, the food that's in the market. You know, who could plan for that when you it's gone up so astronomical? Oh, astronomically. And and that takes us to the types of things that appreciate and depreciate exactly. over time. There are just certain things that are going to, no matter what, they're going to continue to increase. I've never seen food go down. I, I've, no, there may be a sale, a- but I've seen, you know, like we both have, I'm like, bread costs this much? Exactly. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I went, well, <laughs> I looked there and said, toothpaste. I'm like, huh? Toothpaste. Eight, oh, now here's the thing. Wow. When everybody was saying yeah. eggs were $8, $9, and I'm like, yeah, right. I don't really eat eggs. If I go out to breakfast, I might order right. egg whites and once in a while I'll get eggs in the house and stuff like that. But here's the thing. I said, okay, uh, let me go to the market and see what this egg business uh-huh. is. Uh, it was crazy. I mean, it was crazy. The, the large crazy. ones were like almost $30. I said, yeah, crazy. better buy some hens and have them hatch in your backyard. <laughs> it's time for us to invest in a coop, Terry. A coop. We got it. We got it. Go the coop. chicken coop. We're going to get it and together. I, I have actually started a, <laughs> I have started a garden with one of my girlfriends. Yes. So we've, we have some sprouts going on right now. We've Do you? Yes, we did. Oh, my gosh. We did. About nine nine things we planted. That is so wonderful. Veggies and uh, butter lettuce and spinach and kale, just the yes. gamut of things. That's actually a very good idea. And I've been thinking about it because I always thought, well, should I actually do something like that? And I'm like, I got this backyard. It's nobody here but me. I was like, I might as well just do it. And I've just been looking at, it's so funny you mentioned that growing tomatoes and stuff like that because, you know, you go, how much of tomatoes right tomato now? Tomato beans. Well, see, we grew, oh my god, we grew up. My father planted a garden every year yeah. since we were really little. So yeah. we always had the corn, the the vegetables, yes. and all those things. And a peach tree showed up out of nowhere. But we had yeah. strawberries. We had greens. We had greens Collard every greens. single weekend. Yes. And I told him, I said, when I become yes. an adult, I said, I'm never going to eat another green again. But oh. that's not the truth. I eat That's them. not the truth. Not, and, I, and, I, and I miss them. And one thing I do say, and I can kick myself, is that I should have paid more attention when he was doing the garden so yeah. I could have learned. But now my girlfriend, we're just kind of doing a crash course. You're figuring and it out. What grows, it grows. What doesn't, YouTube, and then we could talk to people. I know that's right. And and that's the thing. There is access to this information. It, it used to feel like everything was such a secret, especially when it came to finances and, and all these other little things that we need yes. in our lives now. It's like you can find it. You can you can tap it in somewhere. You can go to the books that you mentioned and just get those life things that you need in order to apply to real life situations. And I'm going to go back to these collard greens. I remember we didn't buy collard greens no. until we were like, who going to the store to get collard greens? And now I'm like, God, I wish I could grow collard greens, let exactly. alone cook them. Exactly. I could find somebody to cook them. Cook I just them. need to know how to uh, get yeah, them. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of there with you on that. But here's the thing. When you talk about finances and all those things, you know, we didn't have computers back when we were growing up and all these That's things. But you can Google just about anything and get very the information true. you need. And I've done a lot of Googling, you know, and how you know, how my journey started. I had a girlfriend that called me and said, hey, I'm going to this meeting, you know, this financial meeting you want to join. I said, "Ah," I said, I'll join you. I said, but I said, I'm not buying anything. I'm not investing in anything. (laughs) And 
I'm not doing it. I, I'm going to support you. Now, in the back of my mind, I kept saying, God, I need some help with my finances. Besides this 401k, there's got to be something more to supercharge my retirement. Well, lo and behold, I go there. I hear information that I've never heard before. Yeah. And I didn't jump right away. I went and did my homework. So I told the gentleman, the financial advisor, I said, hey, I'm going to go home and I'm going to look this information you up because I've never heard of it before. And I said, right. why is it we've never heard about it? So yeah. I looked up everything. I did a lot of reading. I pulled up articles, printed them out and called him up. I said, hey, can we have another meeting? I said, hey, I have something for you for your clients. Now, I need to be a client myself, but I'm giving him information. <laughs> I said, hey, I said, I said, I think this is really get your clients in the door if you show them these articles and things like that. And then I said, what about me? I said, am I a mm. good candidate? Because this is what I want to do. This is when I want to retire. And this is what I don't have. I said, how right. can you help me? Sat down. Went through the whole presentation one-on-one -on -one with me. I asked a lot of questions. And believe it or not, at the end of the day, it was all about cash value life insurance that works more than one way. So yeah. we have to get away from the stigma of being scared to talk about the inevitable. We're all going to die one day. Yeah, we're all but die. I tell people all the time, I said, this is not your grandmother's life insurance. Mm-hmm. This life insurance has been around since the 1920s. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, it's been around. It's been around a very long time. So okay. I would say it's been around long enough that we never knew about it until pretty much our generation. Our parents yeah, didn't know recently. about it. And yeah. very recently. So when I sat down with him, he started showing me, you know, how to invest in it. What would be the numbers? How much coverage I would need in life insurance? And the cash value that accumulates that you could use to buy a house, go back to school, wedding, retirement. So right. guess what word stuck in my mind? Retirement. I said, right. here it is. There's the avenue to add to my retirement and enrich my savings and my increase and watch it compound over time. And I think one thing everybody needs to understand that it's all about having the gift of time. So the younger you get involved in it, it's not a get rich quick scheme overnight. Right. It takes time. It grows. Money grows and compounds over years. But the key is how many times do you want to be involved in the compounding? If you find right. a vehicle that is giving you anywhere from 10 to 12%, then it's usually going to compound every six years. You're going to see a nice increase. And the amount of times that you can have that compound and double your money, triple and quadruple right. your money, you struck a gold mine. If you fund it correctly, I if always tell my right. clients, you have to fund this correctly. If you don't fund it correctly, all it is is life insurance, and it is not another vehicle for you to use at retirement. And that's the, uh, when you're talking about the, you're talking about the, um, the 7702, is that the? Yes, which is department? a, which is a tax code. Tax and code. yes, it's called, you know, 7702A, it's the tax code where tells Uncle Sam, taxes have already been paid. That money belongs to the investor. You can't touch it. 
I love that. That's such a valuable right there. It's so, it's so much meat in there. I almost hate to move on to the next thing because I want to leave it there. But no, we need to touch on this. And a lot of people get caught in this as a trap. And and reason why they don't move into these other avenues of investing is working with credit and, you know, using the credit card and somehow mm-hmm. think using that as a bailout when it's not. But there are some myths around credit and there are ways that you can, just like you can change your perspective on having a budget, using your different perspective on credit. What is your perspective on that? I think one of the things is don't abuse credit, number one. Right. Credit is not to go buy something that you don't have the money in the bank to afford. Mm-hmm. Say, okay, this will give a hypothetical. Say I go out and have my American Express card. I spend, I don't know, $2,000 on a table. So I need a table for the house. So I spend $2,000 on the table. Okay, when that bill comes in, take the money that's in that account. And pay it. Yeah. Don't let it just go because now we're talking about you're on the other end of the compounding. Mm-hmm. American Express is compounding with that 23, 24, 25, 26%. I don't yeah. know how much they're charging these days. It's a lot. It's high. It's, it's high. I know. And so you want to be on that end. You want that compounding. That's why we always say make the compounding work for you. Make your money work for you. Leave a legacy for children, grandchildren, whatever your plan is. But make sure you have the money work for you and not work against you. So you you don't want to be you being compounded. I like that. Don't don't let it compound. Don't let it compound you. You be the (laughs) you make sure you are compounding for yourself. Right, because it compounds on you hard. You you, the the bruises, the bruises, bruises, and the bruises. (laughs) And the thing is, this people stay up late at night. Like, oh my God, how I'm gonna pay this bill? You know, avoiding. Uh, the telephone calls, I, you know, I've been in the mm. pitfall. It's like when my parents were alive, it's like, I need help. You know, I yeah. run $30,000 in credit. What did I have to show for it? Not a thing. I mean, Nothing. I thought to myself, what exactly did you buy? You right. know, expensive purses, clothes, going out to eat, yeah. vacation. And those mm-hmm. are the things that I'm saying that are not smart and they're they're horrible and it's not really an investment it all you're doing is like i want it now 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 like yes. Susie orman says okay before you spend I love her is it a need or a want mm-hmm. draw a line and say needs and wants it's okay to want we all have wants but she says and then sit back and think about it and i've done this over a lot of times where okay i really want this I don't need it, but I want it. Then I said, let me sit back and sleep on it 24, 48 hours. And guess what? Don't want it, don't need it, and don't go buy it. And that comes with maturity as well. I think exactly uh, one of the things we haven't talked about is being mature with money and being an adult about money. Um, Because, you know, all the wants and, you know, you want the candy, you know, you always want to have the candy. But at some point, your teeth are going to fall out and you got to (laughs) stop and it's not going to help you. And it's the same. And I and I came into that late as well. And I, I think that's why this conversation is so important is because it's real. It's happened to the both of us. No one's looking for perfection. It's real life. And it's so important. And and not only does financial just affect you financially, it affects so many other parts of your life, including your physical life. And we talked oh. about this, people staying up late at night and wondering about it. Stressing what? out, stressing, stressing out. out. And then you have a panic attack. Or yep. now you can't breathe. You're in the ER because you're just like, oh, my God. It's like 
Credit could be a very much of a crushing weight if you don't control it. You have to be in control and harness it. And if you're the person that can't seem to put any stipulations on yourself, maybe you need an accountability partner. Maybe you need a friend that is not going to shame you, but is going to be supportive, but be able to tell you no and you respect the no. Yes. And you don't go against the no because they they're doing it love and they're trying to help you. If you cannot control yourself, you may need somebody to help you. And that, that's, you right. know, that's quite all right. There is no shame in that. None at all. Cause there's a big difference between someone who's supporting you to sustain your financial, your health and wealth, as opposed to an enabler. You know, we end up, especially when you get into that, the, when you start t- talking about your wants, if everybody around you is all, you know, yeah, get, oh, it, get, get it, get it, get it, get it, get it, get it, get it. And then, but they're not oh. paying that. Then they're, they're you're looking like, you got buyer's remorse. You're like, oh Jesus, I can't pay this this thing is astronomical right and let's kind of ducktail into cars you know yes. i've paid 800 dollar car note mm, i've been there and because it wasn't i needed the car but i mm-hmm. needed to have that mercedes i needed to have that lexus but you look good and in. i, I know look you look good, good in, into, and that, look, look, into that bill came every <laughs> single month and i was like and i said okay lord This is never going to happen again. Mm -hmm. And for my age, I've only purchased, what, four, five cars in my whole entire life. Um, My last car had, you know, got totaled. So I had to buy another one. But what I do, I put a budget on how much money I wanted to spend monthly for that car note. And it had it had to fit within that budget or I was not going to get it. I wasn't going to pay that. It did not make sense. And then the other thing I did, because I got so broadsided with now you have to get another car. Insurance gave me a certain amount of money. I went and got me a pre-owned car. It was not brand new. Wow. First of all, I think that's great. And I know that I I can tell you how relieved I felt when I got my pink slip. When I paid that car off, I danced and I danced oh, and yeah. it's been paid off a long time. And I'm like, I'm keeping this car until it, the it stops. fall it, off. It fall off. Exactly. When it has somehow, you know, become its own AI system and tells me itself, <laughs> I'm, I'm no tired. longer driving you. You, exactly. We're, we're done. Get we're on done. the bus. But this has been such a great conversation. I want to get into some of our, our last stuff here in terms of financial wellness, because once you get into that place, like we said, when you pay the car off, when you see those things start to just ease up on you. Uh, we both kind of took a breath like, oh, yes, uh, it feels so good. But what are some of the lessons that every person should know when it comes to money and also not feeling ashamed about it, but going into the next phase of their life and feeling a sense of relief? First and foremost, go get some help. If you don't know how to work with finances, Amen. you don't know how money works. Your finances are in a shamble. You're not alone. There's so many people out there rebuilding for whatever reason, divorces, um, which are completely devastating financially Mm, on both sides of the coin. Or just maybe you've been laid off or sickness, disease, all those Mm. things. You know, don't be ashamed. Find somebody you can be vulnerable with Mm. that you trust that won't go run their mouth in the street about you because you made a poor or very poor decisions. I love that. I've had several friends come to me and say, hey, I need to talk to you. You know, yeah. and I said, hey, this is confidential, number one. 
I believe in HIPAA. You are not the blunt of anybody's jokes financially or anything else. How can I help you? I love that. And that's one of the things we need to take the shame out of being ashamed that you didn't do a good job with saving or retiring. And you have friends that are bragging about, oh, I'm going to retire early and I got blah, blah, blah. And you're quiet. And that's what we're running into. And unfortunately, we're running into it more with women than we are with men. And ladies, I need to tell you, you need to find somebody that is your confidant. Yes. Get you some help, get you some education and sit down and talk with somebody because we're all here to help anybody that wants the help. Yes. Don't overspend. Yeah. Put yourself on a diet. If that's an ugly word for you, put yourself on a nice little soft, let's say it a soft budget. You know, like we talked about, you know, budget in that vacation, budget in that extra, you know, you want a nice pair of shoes, you want a dress, you want this, you want that, you want to get certain things done because as women, we like to keep ourselves up. Then budget that in, just don't go pay the bills. Then I got all the rest of this money. I'm going to treat myself to it's zero. Mm -hmm. Dude, don't do that to yourself. And then. Have an emergency fund. That's it. Make sure you have, we didn't talk about this, make sure you have a will and trust. Yes. We are running into a lot of people that I've seen so many people pass away that are not 70, 80, and 90 years old. They're Mm. 30. They're in their 20s. They're 50. And they don't wake up or they're in a car accident. They have a massive uh, heart attack, those sort of things. Like it says, tomorrow's not promised, but we need to make plans. Absolutely. We need to be good stewards of what God has given us. And that means put a will and a trust in place. Let somebody know what your final wishes are so they're not running around trying to figure out, does she want to be resuscitated? You know, where does she want to be buried? Where does he want to, you know, all these things that you think of while somebody is grieving, put it in writing and put it in place. And then like for me, there's no guesswork. Mark and Matthew can come in and, (laughs) you know, it read it like a book and go ahead and go like that. And I just told him, I said, here's money for the uh, funeral expense, and don't you dare spend that money. Do what you got to do, and <laughs> all the rest is yours. I love that. First of all, and, and we didn't touch on that. That actually could be a whole other show, oh, my, to be quite oh, honest, because it is yes. so in-depth. And I, and I can tell you, too, and, and I think we're kind of in similar situations. I, you know, I'm not married. I don't have children. And I, I put together a will and trust and actually bought my whole funeral package. I'm like, Excellent. I don't know who's going to be here to do this. But I don't even the food. You got obituaries. You got food. I'm cremated. Everybody just have a good time. Have a good time. Don't worry about it. But I can tell you this too, and and you probably felt this as well. I felt a relief from that. Yes. Almost. It was. It was like, oh, okay. So that's done. And then you could move on with all these other things that you're budgeting in, or soft budgeting, or um staycationing about i don't know we're going to come up with a good word for that terry we're going to we're going to put our heads together, together and come up with exactly. a term we'll, we'll come up that. with some so we'll everybody will have a good time with it but we'll one thing i will have to say i saw this with my parents mm-hmm. they had a will and trust yeah there was no guesswork nothing everything was in place the money was there you know we weren't running around trying to do a go fund me 
Hey, GoFundMe mm. is not the answer. You need to plan. Just like you plan, yeah. every, you plan for a wedding, you plan to have children, you plan to go to college, plan for plan mm -hmm. for when you die, but enjoy your life. I always say put the plans in place and then go on about your life enjoying and living life. But I saw my parents do it, and they were a good example of everything to the T. There was no guesswork whatsoever. Yeah, and and that also is reflective of how they lived your financial life as well. I always feel like that's my last gift. If I didn't give you anything else, you don't have to worry about this. And and I have my own personal things too. I said I, I never wanted anybody to have to guess about you know what wig to put on me in the casket. But that's a whole other thing. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other like, thing. But. It's like, girl, she don't, she don't want that one. I don't know what she do. Who got that Jerry Curl wig on her like this? What is that in her prom dress? No. Oh, my goodness. No. No, it has been so good talking to you, Terry. It's so much fun talking to you and all those wonderful, wonderful advice. And I and I love that. And this is the thing we, we've we been talking to you for, for weeks now is because it comes from such a personal place and a personal journey and given to us with such love. And so I just want to extend my gratitude to you for uh, for sharing your story and your um, your journey with us. Thank you so much. I mean, I had an awesome time. I mean, I just feel privileged to be able to even be asked. You know, yeah. I'm so proud of my nephews, which are my sons. They most people call me Auntie Mommy because <laughs> aunts are an extension of a mother. It is. But what I want to extend to you, Alicia, we need to get together and have lunch or something like that. Oh, this is a plan. This, this is a this plan. This is a plan, you know. Oh, and, by, and guess what? It's budgeted. It's budget. It's okay. It's budgeted. I got it's in there. It's, it's in, in there. It's in the budget, but it's in there. Oh my God. I just want to thank you so much. I truly feel blessed yeah. and grateful. And I just have such an attitude of gratitude because I don't take any oh. of these things lightly. But thank yeah. you so much. Thank you. We'll get together for lunch. We're gonna talk about some other stuff too. Oh, yeah, we because we oh. can talk about wills and trust <laughs> until the Girl. wheels fall off. All exactly. the way off. All the way All off. Way off. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to 50. Now what? Make sure to follow us, rate, and share the show. Make sure to follow me on Instagram for continuous updates at 50 Now What Podcast. That's 50 Now What Podcast. In our next episode coming out on July 7th, I talk with author, founder, and literary agent, Dr. Sharon Norris Elliott. At certain points in life, you'll find yourself at a crossroads. We talk about what it's like to be at this milestone age of 50 and how it's not too late to reinvent yourself and try something new. Don't miss it. This podcast was produced by Rainbow Creative with producer Matthew Jones and producer and editor Sean Leviashvili. I love working with this team. To learn more about making a podcast for you or your business, visit them at rainbowcreative.co.